This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Of course, the big news today is the election of Aaron O'Toole as the new leader of the Conservative Party. And even though CARP is nonpartisan, I can't help but think that having an opposition leader who is not a lame duck will have an impact on the issues of interest to the older demographic. Meanwhile, the long-term care crisis seems to have gone a bit silent, even though plenty of issues persist. Our government officials seem to have stopped talking about it, and family members and friends of residents living in nursing homes are still facing lots of restrictions when it comes to visiting. So what is your experience and what do you think? Do you think that the authorities are just hoping that this is past, we aren't worried about it anymore, you know, um, it, the the worst of it is over, and will they do anything to fix things? The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and now I would like to bring in our Zoomer squad. We've got Peter Mugridge, who is a senior editor with Zoomer magazine, and Bill Van Gorder, who is the interim chief policy officer at CARP. David Kravitz, of course, still on holiday. Peter and Bill, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Libby. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Okay. So, uh, Peter, let's start with you. Uh, the election of a new conservative leader, does that give any impetus for the issues that we are also concerned about? Well, um, I, I don't know, Libby. Did you did you stay up to watch the... No. Uh, the... <laughs> no, I did not. And I was up past midnight. And, so and frankly, the, 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 uh, some of the reporting on it was so annoying. They're saying... what. When you have journalists t- say, I don't really care what, you know, we the journalists are, are talking, are saying about the delay. It did look like a you-know-what show, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of flipping back and forth between the hockey game and the, uh, oh. and, and, but that, that, the hockey game got boring as well. And um, the, there was absolutely nothing happening in, in the conservative, uh, you know, convention. So it was slim pickings last night. But um <laughs> You know, I I I'm I was surprised. I, I don't know about you or Bill, but I, I was surprised that O'Toole won. I thought for sure they would go with the the establishment candidate in McKay, and uh, I, I got that one wrong. I, I I didn't see O'Toole winning it. Well, I, you know the the way they have their vote structured, I I think it was almost inevitable for McKay to win. He'd have to have a huge majority on the first on ballot. The ballot, right? So, because you had the two socially conservative candidates falling off at the end, and um, Aaron O'Toole tacked right on this, and he he actually took some flack for it, but uh, it seems to have worked. Bill, do you think that uh, this will have an impact on CARP's issues? Uh, I, we we do think that it uh, will, and it's kind of uh, good news and bad news for CARP members across the the uh, the country. Um, 
there was uh, there certainly are some things in O'Toole's platform that uh, CARP is excited about, uh, talking about health care and housing and veterans' uh, work and financial security. We're all in this platform. All, all of those uh, hit a hot button for uh, older adults in Canada. Uh, but uh, on, the, on the other hand, the word seniors is not mentioned once in his entire platform. And I've been through the platform again this morning, and it's not uh, not there, a few subjects. So uh, we're wondering whether uh, not only has long-term care fallen off the uh, uh, the radar, but uh, adults, seniors, older adults themselves seem to be being ignored now by both of the parties. Hmm. Interesting, though. I have to say there are a lot of older adults who don't like the word seniors. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that well, that, but that older adults is not in it either, by the way. Uh, uh, so and, and I'm careful. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I use the term older adults more than I use seniors because most of us don't like that term. Peter, from I mean, uh, at least uh, the Liberals will will have a more concerted opposition on seniors' issues. But do you think uh, that that it's basically ignored in his platform? Well, you know what, I, I was looking, and I didn't want to say I, there was no mention of it, but but I'll take Bill's word for it. I just couldn't find anything. You know, um, it, it seems to me his whole thing is. Um, it was an attempt to show that he's not going to be saddled with the same social issues as uh, as those which sunk uh, Shears' era, you know. So he that that seemed to be his main thing was was to you know distance himself from being tied up in these social issues, and um, you know other than that he looks he looks very much like a Harper era, uh, you know. He espouses the same values, economic values as Harper did. And Harper did have the support of older Canadians uh, during his uh, election victory, so perhaps that will translate to a tool. Maybe there will be some good action from that. But uh, you know, uh, as Bill says, like it, it's slim pickings right now. You just you just couldn't couldn't uh, you can't make a a call on it because there's nothing to to uh, parse. Yeah, and it, I mean the platform that he had in this uh, race is not necessarily the platform he is going to have. But uh, Bill, correct me uh, or tell me, did we first get a minister of seniors under a conservative government? Uh, uh, no, we, we no we we did have a we didn't have a minister of seniors. We had a department, but not a full full minister as we as we uh, did originally with the uh, with the liberal with the liberal government. The the other thing that concerns us, by the way, is that the only time that long term care is mentioned in his platform is he talking about establishing a commission. And CARP has said over and over, we don't need commissions, we don't need studies, we don't need reviews, we need action. Uh, and uh, to declare yet another uh, uh, commission is uh, is not in line with uh, the kind of immediate action that CARP members want now. Mm-hmm. So as of the way things stand now, would you say that uh, the, the Liberals have a more age-friendly stance? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think it's right up in the air because I think the uh, uh, the Liberals' uh, attention to seniors has not been to the degree that seniors were uh, looking looking for it. Uh, we've we've seen uh, uh, we've seen few of the promises that were made in their election campaign 
uh, actually come to uh, fruition. And what what CARP members are seeing is uh, a lack of interest in seniors' issues other than uh, some issues around uh, uh, long-term care and the COVID issues around seniors, but a real lack of interest from uh, both the Conservative and the Liberal parties in recent months. Hmm. Let me give the numbers out again. Uh, curious to hear what our audience thinks. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I am talking to our Zoomer squad. Uh, we're focusing on the election in the early hours of the morning of Aaron O'Toole as the Conservative Party leader. And the consensus is that he didn't have really anything much to say about us. And uh, that is, of course, a worry, though, you know, I think that if they start looking at the demographics of, of who has supported conservatives in the past, they could change that because whatever else is changes is changing our demographic votes. And yeah, and, and in, in fairness to, uh, to uh, O'Toole, uh, what he talked about in terms of health care, housing, veterans, financial security and taxes are all things that seniors can really identify with. What we want to make sure uh, happens is that these translate into what eventually becomes the party platform and wasn't just uh, a, a, a pre, uh, pre-election platform of his own. Okay. Uh Bill, you are still seeing problems with the rules around visiting long-term care homes. We certainly, uh, we certainly uh, are. Uh, the harsh protocols and protective uh, methods and measures um, often to, to uh, older adults make it seem more like uh, warehousing than really caring for our 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 relatives and our friends who are in long-term care. They're confined to their rooms. They're confused. They don't understand what's going on. And the the reason, uh, the reasons for this often is because most homes are short-staffed. They can't support uh, sufficient uh, visiting. And the government regulations uh, are interpreted differently from facility to facility. So it really makes it difficult to... uh, return to any kind of normal socialization, even with their own uh, family. It's causing uh, anxiety uh, among uh, older adults, and there really need to be solutions put in place now. Uh, We want more staff, we need better trained staff, and we need more consultation with the seniors themselves who have been shut out of the discussion as it relates to their own care and and, uh, and a, a misunderstanding that it's not just a case of visiting and giving a hug. In many cases, uh, the family members were providing additional care uh, uh, to their to their loved ones. So it's become a huge issue. And it, it seems, as you say, it's gone off the radar and uh, people and the government doesn't seem to care about those issues anymore. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Ron in Guelph. And uh, Ron, you want to talk about the new Conservative leader? Um, yes, I, I, my son, uh, the genius of political science in Concordia, said it best. He says, you know what? He says, he wished he'd have been a fly on Trudeau's wall last night at one o'clock because I can see Justin pumping his arm and saying, we. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Um, 
because the, I mean, the conservatives are going to have to move farther to the left if they ever expect to get into government again. We're seeing it in the U.S. We're certainly seeing it in Canada. Um, you know, with I mean, the conservatives couldn't even beat Trudeau last time. The liberals seem to be moving a little bit farther left towards the NDP. And um, I still believe that Peter McKay was the only guy that would have pushed in that way. O'Toole, I think, is still too far to the right in terms of a social conservative to attract uh, the young people. That I, I don't think he is a social conservative. He's a conservative. He's uh, uh, I, he is a harder right on the other issues, but he got the social conservative vote and they are a uh, sizable constituency in that party. And the question remains what he is going to give them. But I think it's I don't think he is. And I don't think that he has intentions of dredging up those issues. Well, that's if it is. Is he does he have enough of the young people to attract them? Because they're the people that are going to be the future that voters, um, people like my son, um, as said, the um, I still believe that the conservatives are going to have to move. Are going to have to shift, especially after the pan, with the pandemic going on. We've seen a total shift in what the old ideas aren't going to work anymore in terms of um, what we're seeing in terms of medicine and um, taking care of people who had to work and everything else. And the old conservative ideas aren't going to work in the future, I don't think. Okay, well, yeah, there, it remains to be seen, uh, you know, how they would be helping people out of this. Uh, Ron, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Yeah, it remains to be seen. Uh, they haven't raised a lot of opposition to uh, to the uh, measures that the Liberal government has put in place to help people out. Uh, and the one thing that is thanks to the Conservatives is that they shut down this power grab that was in the first bill. So I think that's a good thing. But um, And I think regionally, uh, Aaron O'Toole is perhaps uh, better based to win over the West. Peter? That, that, that'll be his task, right? To, to secure the West, um, which has a, a very different voting agenda than, um, you know, the Eastern uh, Central Canada. And, That's what um, they call you know, us, and I shouldn't say win over the West. They win with huge majorities in the right. West. Right. Um, so he he's got to he's got to sell the message that he's concerned with the environment and but not alienate you know the the oil and gas sector provinces, producing provinces, and he's got to um, you know he's got to maintain that he's not a social conservative and and not alienate the the socially conservative voters within his party so he's got a, he's got a very difficult tightrope to walk and um i i, I don't know like i i suppose mulrooney was was the the one who last was able to do that um he he had quebec he had the west he had you know socially uh progressive ontarians um and so he you know, O'Toole's going to try to mimic that, but whether he's able to draw all those groups together, well, uh, that, that'll be the huge question. You know, Mulroney's uh, part of his downfall was that he had to get he got in bed with separatists, right? 
uh, in Quebec, and uh, that did not end well for him. Uh, it's interesting. I saw him interviewed today, and he was saying that he thinks, yes, O'Toole is the guy to unify their party. I mean, we will be getting into all of these issues with our political panel a little later in the yeah. show. So let's get back to yeah. Zoomer issues here. Yeah, I, and- I do want to mention, if I, if I can, uh, Libby, uh, I misspoke. Uh, I've been so used to Alice Wong being in opposition as a uh, as uh, in regards to seniors. I forgot she was the seniors minister. She was the seniors the, minister. Yeah, yeah but back, it was a, it was a in, junior minister in 2011. Yes, yes, was, she was, and uh, and I had for, because I'm used to her being on the other side of the. Other side of the fence. Right. It was. It wasn't a full ministry, though. She didn't have much of a staff, no. and and uh, and she wasn't that effective. And she wasn't. She <laughs> no, cut no. ribbons, you know. But Julian yeah, to, Julian Fantino for a while was as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another. Uh, 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 not as easy to remember. Minister of Seniors. <laughs> Remembered for other things, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, well, I'm glad you uh, corrected that. Yeah. So, but, getting uh, but back... I was going to say, the, the other thing that uh, O'Toole seems to have is support in Ontario that, that, that maybe his predecessors didn't, didn't have. And if he can put together with what he's got in Quebec and get the West with some support from Ontario, then uh, he has a, a really solid chance, certainly among senior voters. Uh-huh. And uh, Peter, do you have a view? Uh, is Will it be better for Zoomers if a, a fall election is triggered or should we hang on and wait? I don't know, Libby. Do you think we're ready for an election? Like, it, it, it seems to me if, if they... Uh you know, if if the if the government falls on on the vote of confidence, I I, I think Canadians are are not going to be happy with going to the polls during uh, during this economic and health crisis, and I, I think they'll punish the parties that brought down the government. Well, and the the other thing is, I mean, if these people could not count the votes, uh, what was it about two thousand two thousand two? How 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 many how many ballots were there? I think there were 175,000 ballots yeah. and 4,000 were damaged. So Okay, it, so basically they couldn't count the ballots for a leadership race. Then then what kind of a position are we in to count the ballots in a general election? It doesn't, it doesn't inspire confidence, does it? No, it doesn't inspire <laughs> confidence. And yeah, cert- Certainly the, the older adults I talk to are not ready for an election. They think there are too many other things that they, they, right. they feel the government uh, and both all parties are spending too much time playing politics and not enough time paying attention to the real uh, issues. And uh, uh, anybody who triggers a, an early election is going to have to uh, pay for it in the long run, we think. Well, uh, getting back to the long-term care issue, it was on everybody's front burner. And we've seen a couple of reports here in Ontario just uh, in the last couple of weeks, but we haven't seen any action. I mean, here in Ontario, we're waiting for a staffing report, but we know that these places are understaffed and we are pretty sure that a second wave of this is coming. You know, how can we wait till later in the year for the staffing report? Yeah, and and you know the announcement of the of the planned review and and the coming staffing report uh, seems to have made the government say, "Fine, wash your hands. We've done what we can do. Now let's go on to uh, something else." While uh, residents and families are still 
are still uh, suffering. Uh, the uh, the the uh, pandemic has not been uh, stopped, and there's huge anxiety about what's going to happen in the in the fall. If nothing else, they've got to start talking about real plans to make sure we don't see another disaster uh, this this fall. And I, and I think it's it's unconscionable of the government not to try to be uh, more have more communication to be more supportive and try to give uh, everyone the confidence that things will things will get better even even the going back to school uh, uh, children is is affecting uh, grandparents as caregivers uh, tremendously and and once again causing real anxiety and the government seems to be missing that whole point well, I don't know if they're they're missing it. They're just not nailing it. I mean, they're the the whole back to school thing. And here, this is interesting uh, in terms of teachers. Uh, we we were out uh, at a restaurant, and the the owner of the restaurant was telling us that his daughter is a recently graduated teacher, and thinks that she'll have a good chance. This year, because his expectation is that a lot of teachers uh, who are getting close to retirement, who are uh, have whatever the formula is, uh, will retire because of all the uncertainty around this. And, and you know, this is one of the ways I feel that the pandemic has exacerbated ageism in a lot of ways. It's, it's painted older people who are, you know, not you know, people in their late 50s, 60s as somehow being frail when people in good health are not. And here's another thing. It, the the arrangements, which are seem to be so haphazard, you know, could cause a lot of people to retire a lot er- earlier than they would have intended to. I'm hearing the same things from my friends who are teachers and are of retirement age. They're thinking very seriously about whether or not they really want to go into this uh, new era era of uh, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Peter? Yeah, well, my my son is in grade 12 this year, and um, the communications from the school board have been so chaotic, so uninformative. Um, You don't know which end is up. And, uh, you know... um, you know, some of it is online learning, some of it is in school learning, some of it, you know, it, it, it's been a complete mess. And I wouldn't blame uh, older older teachers for taking the chance to retire with a pension because uh, it, it, this year is going to be crazy. Yeah. Right. It's not a question of blaming them, but it's, it's a question of the lack of organization, yeah. basically forcing people out of their careers. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not a question of whether they're able to you know teach online or or use the new technology because that that's you know the learning curve is not very steep with that it's it's just a question of um, you know the mismanagement of the whole situation and and whether you know it's better just to just to call it a day. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and this is another thing I would like to hear from our audience about. I mean, is is this, do you feel that this whole situation has made ageism, which is one of the last socially acceptable prejudices, has it made it worse? Has it forced your hand in terms of decisions about your work, your retirement? 
and all of those things. I mean, I think that these are things that we have to look at and think about very seriously. Yeah, in all sectors, right? Not just teaching. Absolutely, in right. all sectors. And, and let it be said that if you're a teacher and and you can put together a good pension, then then you're in a lot better shape than a lot of other people. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, let's take a call from David in Toronto. Hi, David. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Um, so I, I just was listening to, uh, you know, the possibility of whether the parties would force an, uh, an fall election and it being a bad thing to do. Um, so just in the news today, there was something with the COVID-19, and they're saying that people that have had it in the past, there was a gentleman in Spain who has become reinfected with it. That's so, right. We just had that on our new news. Yes. So I'll, I'll tell you, um, as someone who's almost at retirement age, um, I do not want to be around a lot of people. And I would not want to go out and I've helped campaign. I've helped be an electoral officer. I would not want to have anything to do with it. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, and this is, you know, news that's just come out of uh, researchers confirming a, re- a case of reinfection. Uh, and that could be a whole other factor into the yeah. mix. David, thanks very yeah. much for your call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, David, we are uh, beginning to run out of time. So, Peter, what would you like to leave us with? Well, you know, Libby, the, the this idea of, of older people like being pushed out of their jobs or, or having no choice but to leave their jobs, as the caller mentioned, um, is very interesting and developing, and it's something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, we could look at all the sectors down the road to see, you know, so, you know, is this going to be, is this going to be a massive, uh, shift in, uh, in demographics in the workforce? Mm-hmm. And Bill, what would you like to leave us with? The same thing I think is true in terms of the political party's decision about, uh, calling an, an another, uh, an election soon. Uh, seniors, uh, older adults are the largest, uh, group of volunteers for the political uh, parties, if they continue to have the same kind of reticence about getting out, uh, being in a group, being near other people, then the political parties are going to have a great deal of difficulty in finding uh, volunteers if they uh, push us to an election too quickly. Hmm. That's a very interesting point that I hadn't thought of. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay, uh, I think that will about wrap it up. Uh, it's great to be back. Great talking to you guys. Thanks so much, Peter Mugridge, Zoomer Magazine, and Bill Van Gordon, Gorder from CARP. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Libby. Okay. Thank you very much, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.